So the big question is this, how do we launch and grow an absurdly profitable online business that puts cash in our pocket every single month and enables us to create a life of personal and financial freedom? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Thomas Lancer and welcome to Profit for Freedom. What's up everybody, this is Thomas Lancer. Welcome back to the Profit for Freedom podcast. This is the third installment in the Productivity Rules series. So we've talked about getting up early and getting stuff done. We've talked about time blocking and now for the third rule that I use is proactive versus reactive communication. Now I actually first learned about this Russell Brunson, uh, inside of the, inside of his coaching program, his high-end coaching program, in the first module, the first week of this program, he goes through a lot of his rules and mindsets around productivity. He's like, this is how I get so much stuff done. And one of those things he shared with us was this idea of proactive versus reactive communication. And when I started to implement this, it was game-changing. It was amazing. And then when there were times I didn't implement this, I was like, I got nothing done. It was, it was just like startling to see how good an impact this had. So, man, previously when I would work sometimes, um, you know, I remember, I actually remember back in, back in high school, um, I was actually back in high school, early in high school, and I, when I was doing my homework, I like terrible sleep habits, terrible homework habits, and uh, stay up really, really late, wake up early, very little sleep. I was like downing five energy, five hour energy shots, as like a fourteen year old. It was just, like <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but I remember when I was in high school, I would basically keep my phone on. You go to do homework, and I keep my phone on, and I get a Snapchat for somebody, and I get a text message from somebody, and someone would send me something on Instagram. And so, like, every 10, 15 minutes, I'd be picking up my phone and checking the message. And I'd, a lot of times, that would suck me into a, into a uh, you know, 30-minute go on Instagram or YouTube or whatever it was. And I'd look up. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, it is 11 o'clock, and I have not done anything yet. And I need to wake up tomorrow morning. And then I ended up usually doing homework on the bus or, like, waking up really early. It was just, like, so bad. Um, and... That was an example of what Russell calls reactive communication. And he actually, um, he shared a story, talked about how Dan Henry, so Dan Henry is like the, like one of the godfathers of like business strategy and marketing, uh, and, or uh, Dan Kennedy. And uh, Dan Kennedy, so Russell told, like he basically told us how he communicates. So, so Dan Kennedy, basically if you want to communicate with him, his whole office doesn't have email. So there's no email. He doesn't use email. None of his office does either. So if you want to communicate with him, uh, you basically, you have to actually, you know, type out your message, write a message. You have to fax it to his assistant and then his assistant then sends it or faxes it to him. And it's basically like a letter, uh, like kind of like a telegram, like write out a letter to somebody and then send this letter. Uh, and so then once he gets your letter, he'll read it and then write his response back to you and so it takes like basically if you're gonna send them a letter it's gonna be like two weeks before you get a communication back like that's how much friction there is in communicating with him and it's intentional 
there's some places where we want to remove as much friction as possible. And like maybe say in the buying process, if someone has bought your, your $7 product, you want it to be as easy as possible for them to buy your next product. Like you have like a one-click upsell, so you don't have to have them fill in their information again. Um, and like there's, there's places where we want to remove friction, but there's also places where we want to intentionally add friction. And in communication, that can be one of them. And so Dan Kennedy, you, know, you send a letter to him, it takes two weeks to get back a response. And Russell said about this, and the reason this is so powerful is because there's a few reasons. First, it basically stops all stupid communication. Right? So like Russell's not gonna <laughs> Russell's not gonna send a message to Dan who'd be like, uh, hey, can you like tell me or like, you know, uh, give me details on this person really quick? Or like he's not gonna ask these things where like people can usually figure out figure them out for themselves, um, you know, in the thirty minutes or so. Or just like he's not gonna send them time waster stuff. He's not going to send him stupid stuff because he knows it's going to take two weeks to get a reply. And, like, it's, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of friction to get a reply from him. And so when Russell goes to send a message to him, he's like, man, I know I'm not going to get this back for two whole weeks. <laughs> so I have to really spend my time crafting my message. So if he has a question, he really spends his time thinking about his question and crafting it in a way where there's basically, like, he's not gonna, Dan's not going to have to ask for any follow-up details. He's going to have all the information he needs to answer his question right there. And he's also going to think of any follow-up questions. So, so maybe, you know, Russell's going to message him because they want to do like a JV project together. And Russell's like, hey, I have this new, um, I don't know, maybe he's like, I have this new software. I think it would be amazing for your audience. I already built the software. Like, do we do the JV promotion together or like partner on this project? Um, and that might be a question, right? Uh, and if you were just to send that, if you know if you had Voxer, you could just or text or email, you could just you know send it to him or hop on a call with him really quick. But since it takes two weeks for him to get a communication back, he's gonna be like, oh man, I'm gonna ask this question. If he says I'm interested, like what are the next questions he's gonna ask? It's like, oh, he's probably gonna say, um, like what's the what's the split? Like what would we use split? Would it be 50-50, 70-30, 80-20? Like what would the split be? Okay, and then well, what does software do? Can you show me a demo? Like what are the links? You know, can you check it out? And so he's gonna include all this information in here. So instead of just like, you know, sending a text, hey, do you want to, are you interested in this deal? It's like, are you interested in the deal? And then it's like, here are all the links. You can check out the software. Here's a demo we recorded for you at this link. Um, you know, here are the affiliate commission things. Or here's how, how we, here's how we structure the deal. Here's how to want to structure the deal. Like, and you give them all these details. Um, and this is just like an example. So I'm not saying you should negotiate a deal like this. But he gives them like all these details because he knows there's going to be a ton of friction in communicating with him. And he said he actually one time... He actually ended up getting a um, a audio recording back from him. <laughs> he, like, he basically sent him a voice message and uh, had it ripped and recorded on the audio and sent it to him as a CD. And um, <laughs> and he told this story to illustrate the point of this other mindset called proactive communication. So what most people do is what I did. What, what most of us do is called reactive communication, right? We're working, Slack, someone shoots you a message on Slack, and you respond to it, and you get taken away from work, and you go back to it, and you get an email, you respond to it, and you get a call, someone calls you on the phone, someone texts you, and basically you're working, you get interruption, 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 interruption. And what happens when that, so when that happens, there's a few things. The first is you really don't get anything done. Like four hours go by, and you look up, you're like, how in the world did I not get anything done today? Because you were reacting, you were in reactive mode all the day, or all the time. Uh, and the other thing is, this is something that Cal Newport talks about, 
and it's this concept of attention residue. And basically, the idea is that when you switch your focus from working on your, your task to another task, it's not like all of your attention gets automatically switched over instantly, and you can just pull all your attention and energy and focus into that. There's a little bit of attention that gets left behind, kind of like an open loop. So there's a little bit of attention that gets left behind. It's like sticky. And it takes a while for your attention to completely shift over to your new task. But what happens when you're checking email or you're sending a Slack message or text or call is you're doing this work. Maybe you've been working on something for an hour and a half. You're like in the zone and working on it. Someone calls you. You got on the phone for five minutes. They ask you some questions. You tell them stuff and you send them a link to a document. You think it only takes five minutes of your time. But in reality, what you've done is you basically just fragmented your attention. So that five-minute call could take, I don't know the exact numbers on it, but it's like something in the realm of like 15 to 45 minutes for you to actually get your attention back. So you're going to be operating at, you know, 75 to 80% capacity for the next 45 minutes. And it also interrupts, like, it interrupts your flow. It's just like, and it's something that I am, like, very, I'm very protective against because... When I don't do it, I get interrupted like, all the time. And this can even be things like, not even like someone calling you, but someone just literally send you a text message and then you check your phone. Because even if you don't respond to that message, now you have that loop opened in your head. And now it's gonna nag at you, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna talk to you, it's gonna bug you until you close that loop. And so, the, the main takeaway from this is like, to structure your day so you have proactive communication versus reactive communication. And so a proactive communication day would look like instead of, actually first thought reactive. So reactive is you start working, you start working at uh, 7 a.m. and you're working and then you get a text message and you respond to it. You're working for a little bit, you get an email, you respond to it. Then you get a phone call at 9.30 that's unrelated to your work. Or uh, maybe someone, maybe basically like, not like a sales call or anything like that, but like you know, someone just calls you and asks you a question or a friend calls you and you get interrupted. You basically have these little tiny interruptions all throughout the entire day. Versus proactive communication, it doesn't mean you don't communicate anymore. But you basically compress your communication into very, very small proactive time windows. And you can also, you can also decrease the amount of times you actually check communication. So, I mean, I would love to, there's a time when for like a week I didn't check anything. No Gmail, no phone, no Voxer, took text messages, but like that's all I checked. And it was awesome. It was amazing. Now there's some things that um, like could have been improved, I think, if I would have checked it earlier, but like setting up a structure where I didn't have to check it for a week, that was like so, I felt like so, it was so nice not to check anything. Uh, but the reality is like, you may not be able to get to that place right now. And so uh, a middle ground is basically setting specific time blocks in the afternoon check messages and so basically in the morning you wake up early you get your stuff done your important work done you work maybe you go five to nine you go work out you eat now it's like 10 30 um then maybe now you spend the next 20 minutes and you're like okay for the next 20 minutes i'm gonna go through i'm check all my voxer i'm gonna check my gmail check my messages check my phone my voicemails and then um check any instagram dms i got and you just like Rapid fire, just boom, 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 boom. You knock it out. Or you can basically say, I'm going to check it once per day. And maybe you say, every day at 4 p.m., it's like my final thing before I wrap up the day, 
I'm gonna check all my messages. So you check your texts, you check your phones, your voicemails, your Voxers, your Instagram, your Facebook, your email, you check everything, you know, Slack. And then you check everything, you respond to everything, and you shut down. And in the beginning, people, if you've been like, you know, responding to people instantly, people will kind of be like, what's going on? Um, but when you, when you force people, when you set the system and you set this as the precedent, you're like, this is what I'm doing going forward. And people, initially, some people get annoyed and miffed, and that's okay, because they'll adapt very soon, um, and you end up being way more productive. And so, like, I, I only check my messages usually once or twice per day, or my phone. Sometimes I go a few days without checking my phone. I figure if someone really, really needs to contact me, they'll, they'll send me a text message. Um, and I check my Voxer once a day usually. And so all of these things, I, I can press that and check it once per day. And it, what it basically prevents is like little three-minute blocks. Imagine if you check email on your phone, your messages, um, and it takes you like two minutes to do it each time. But you check it 25 times throughout the day. That's literally an hour of time, just like pure time you wasted, absolute time. But then all the attention residue throughout the entire day, you've probably just drained all your productivity for the day. And you feel like you get nothing done. And it sucks. Versus proactive, you say, I'm going to have this one 20-minute block or these two 20-minute blocks per day. Where I'm going to go through, check all my messages. I'm going to do it after my important work is done. Then you get so much more stuff done. Because basically what you do is like, when you check messages and email first thing in the morning, you're basically saying, whatever is in my inbox is more important than what I have in my calendar. And for most of us, that's really not the case. Um... Maybe if you're like a super high-level CEO executive and you have to like make a bunch of decisions and run everything through you, like maybe, but like still, I feel like, and, and that's not really who I'm talking to here, but for most of us, like unless you have a company, and even, you know, I say even so, because um, Russell talks about this and, and Russell Brunson, like he still ran this way even when he was the CEO of ClickFunnels. And they're doing hundreds of millions of dollars per year. Even when it was to see a ClickFunnels, he still did it this way. Um, and so, really, there's like no reason to not do it this way unless you just don't want to be as productive. And I found it, switching from this reactive mode to proactive mode has been so helpful. And so, basically, how you can implement this is set, basically, decide. So, pick at least pick one to two 20 minute blocks throughout the day. I find that. Doing one after my, my morning work session and workout, doing one after that, and then doing one at the end of the day works. And do those two sessions. Basically, put it in your calendar. So you say from 1230 to 1, I'm check messages, and then from 430 to 5, I'm going to do it. And then you don't check messages any other time. You just don't. And if you do check messages, you don't respond to any of them. But preferably, you don't even check messages. And so what I do, I keep my phone in airplane mode the entire day, and I keep it on Do Not Disturb as well. But then here's something else, like, so, even if it is, like, there's sometimes you have to, like, pull something up on your phone. And if you're doing, like, research, you have some sort of app. Like, you, so sometimes you need to put your phone on connection. And so you get, there's a few ways you can do it. You can essentially turn off notifications for a lot of the apps you get pinged on a lot. Uh, you basically turn off lock screen notifications so you don't see them. So that's, like, a hyper-react or hyper-proactive mode. Um, which can be useful. Something that I do is literally like when I check my phone or when I have to like pull up my phone to do something when I'm working 
and I don't want to see my messages, I literally put my hand, I put my hand over the screen. And so I unlock my phone, and on iPhones, you have like the, you know, the notification center that pops right up. And so if someone sent you a message, it popped right up there. And so what I do is I turn off message previews. So even if someone sent me a message, it said their name, and it would say iMessage. And I do that so I don't read it, and I don't get sucked into that. But even better is when I pull up the notification center, I literally put my hand, my other hand over the screen so I don't see it, and then I go to the X button and I clear all the notifications. And that's what I do. And then I go into my app or whatever it is, and I put my messages app all on the way, like the fifth page of my screen, so I don't see it on my home screen, I don't see it on my screen. So I, there's nothing really to grab me and suck me into it. And the reality is like, most things, the fear is like, oh, what if there's an emergency and someone needs me? And the reality is if it's a truly emergency, people get a hold of you. And most things are not emergencies. In fact, one time, because, um, I mean, my, my family knows that I do this. And when I was at home, one time, I forget exactly what happened. It wasn't really an emergency, but like basically like someone needed a ride or someone didn't need a ride. And I kept my phone in airplane mode. So not able to be contacted. Nobody else was home. And they ended up, how I found out about this was my neighbor came over, knocked on the door, and was like, hey, uh, there's a message. I have a message for you from uh, your mom. <laughs> and he passed along the message to me. And it really wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't an emergency. And the reality is, like, there's really not emergencies that can't be solved without you. Think about it. Someone's going to die. If someone's, like, literally in danger of dying, they're not going to call you, most likely. They're not going to call you. They're going to call an ambulance or call someone who, like, does this stuff. Um, and unless... Dan Kennedy's rules, unless the company is bleeding money, it can wait. Unless this thing's going to like destroy you, unless someone's going to die, it can wait. That's kind of the rule that I, that I implement. Unless someone's going to die, or the company's bleeding money, it can wait. Everything else can wait. Really, it's not that big of a deal. Most so-called emergencies, people will figure them out if they can't get a hold of you. And it also trains people to be resilient around you and like self-sufficient and resourceful. Because when they can't just go straight to you, then they figure it out for themselves magically. And the things that are really important, then you go to check them. You'll check them. You'll see them during the day. Then you can deal with them then. But if you react all day, then you're not going to get anything done. And it basically tells you, tells your subconscious, tells yourself, you're telling yourself that other people's agendas are more important. Other people's thing, like requests, desires, are more important than your own goals. When you attend to their messages, attend to their stuff before you work on your important stuff. And people will, like, denote, it's not with any malicious, or malicious intent or any bad intent, but it will happen. And if you don't, if you're not purposeful about it, then people will, will basically load their, their work their desires, their questions onto you. Uh, and people just make stuff up too. Like sometimes we just, we don't, you know, we kind of want to procrastinate. We're like, let's just go talk to this person. <laughs> and so it's important to nip that in the bud. And that's when we can do it. So main takeaway, reactive versus proactive communication. Reactive is you're reacting to all the inbound messages that come throughout the day. Proactive is you're saying, I'm not going to check inbound messages. I'm going to stop them from coming in. And I'm going to check them at very specific times throughout the day. 
if you're going to check them every day. And then you respond to them in that moment, and you pass off messages that don't need to be responded to by you. The reality is that you know, we have this fear, what if an emergency happens? What if someone needs me? The reality is, is that most of the time, the reality is that it really doesn't happen. And if someone really, really needs you, they'll figure out a way to get in contact with you. Simple as that. So, and it, you could even have like a separate phone number where you basically you know, have like your innermost circle and they have your phone number and it's like a, an emergency only phone call. And you could do it like that as well if you really, really wanted that. But really like this strategy, you combine this with the time blocking. And this is the reason why the, the early AM work session works so well. Because inherently like most, a lot of not, not a lot of stuff happens from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Like there's not a lot of inbound already. People aren't up, people aren't interrupting you, dogs aren't awake, they're not barking in the backyard. People aren't messaging you or sending you emails or voxers or phone calls. People, most people are asleep. And it's awesome. You get so much stuff done. So productivity rule number three is proactive versus reactive communication. I think there may be number four coming. We'll see. But those are the first three for you. You start implementing those, like those three right there alone um, have really just changed the game for me. And this is something that I actually talked with Ari Mizell about this. Uh, and he's like a super productivity expert. He owns a company called Less Doing, and he's all about helping founders basically help them stop doing all the stuff, like all the nitty gritty in the weed stuff, offload all that stuff, eliminate it. His, his process is optimize, outsource, or optimize, automate, and outsource. So basically offload all that stuff from your plate so you can focus on what really matters. And I asked him about this, I say, how would you define focus? And he said, and this is, I was kind of surprised at this definition. It's really interesting. He said, he's like, the way I think about focus isn't really so much about how do you create focus, but like, how do you eliminate distraction? How do you remove distraction? And I thought, huh, how do you remove distraction? It's really like, what is it easier to focus? Is it easier to focus if you have your phone open next to you, you have your messages coming in, distraction, you have a YouTube tab open on your computer, you have the dogs running around the house, possibly coming into your office, maybe there's a birthday party going on in your house, and there's a TV show on in the background. Is it easier to focus in that, or is it easier to focus in a room that is soundproof, it's completely quiet, you don't have your phone on you, and basically your only option, say you're writing, you only have a notepad and a pen. Maybe some note cards. That's all you have, and you're in a room. Like your option is either to like, do nothing, be bored, or write. Versus if you have all these distractions available, it's way easier to get off track. And so, when you think about creating focus, let's say think about more about eliminating distractions than how do you create focus. If you can eliminate distractions and support, it's really about supporting focus. Supporting focus and uh, helping your environment support that and create that and you get through many distractions and proactive communication is one way to do that so i hope you guys enjoyed i appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk soon thank you so much for listening and if you found this content valuable here's how i'm going to help you launch and grow your business online for free as i went along this journey of launching 
and continuing to grow my online business, I found and leveraged a lot of really cool resources that helped me accelerate my success. And I actually put together a free resources directory for you at resources.profitforfreedom.com. And there I put together all the, the software tools I use, the books, the guides, the training courses, everything that you can use to fast track your path to freedom. So again, that's resources.profitforfreedom.com. And I look forward to seeing you over there right now.